This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program sponsored by The Caring Place with campuses at Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. They are celebrating their 100th anniversary serving the homeless, hungry, abused, and needy families. They continue to feed the hungry, care for the needy, and help rescue and change lives every day. Now your host for Mission Possible, the Good News Program, and the president of The Caring Place, here is Ronald Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the Good News Program, brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are The Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida for Get Ready since 1922, that's 100 years of serving men, women, and children in the greatest of needs and seeing their lives totally transformed, 100 years of millions of meals, 100 years of thousands and thousands of people. So good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president at the Miami Rescue Mission of Broward Outreach Centers. We're going through a little name change, a little rebranding. We have been known as the Caring Place for decades because that's what we do. We care for people. And we care from people from all walks of life. If this is the very first time you're tuning into this program, by the way, this is Mission Possible, the good news program. We're going to have good news here. Of course, we're going to toot our own horn. We're going to talk about all the good things happening in our centers in Miami-Dade and Broward counties, about lives that have been transformed. We're going to talk about volunteers that are coming in even now after COVID is dying down and we're getting back to, to, to normalcy of somewhat normalcy to have volunteers come in to help us out. And people in the community, businesses, leaders that have just come alongside of us, not just in the last year, but we can really say for decades and decades and decades, which allows us the ability to help those that come through our door. So you're going to hear good news. This is a good news program. I know there's a lot of bad news every single day. Uh, you see most people with their, if they're not working, their head is, is to their phone. Their face is tilted to their phone. They're checking out the social media, checking out the news feeds, they're checking out what's going on. And we hear unemployment, we hear inflation, we still have the remnants of COVID, there's battling political battles taking place, and those are all realities of life. But after a while, when you get bombarded with just negativism, that's what we become. We become negative ourselves. So we want to be positive today. You know, uh, this is a Christian organization, a Christian ministry. We don't, we don't run away from that. You don't have to be of any certain faith to come alongside of us to help us or even to come into one of our programs, or even to come and help volunteer. We have friends of all different religions and different faiths. Some have no faith at all. We have all different age groups coming alongside of us from the very young, where they can just ask the next-door neighbor for a can of food, to those that are doing uh, super, super canned food drives and toy drives and financial drives. And so we have the gamut of people from from very, very young all the way up to very, very old and all different types of people from all different walks of life, from all different ethnicities coming together for one goal, and that is our vision goal that no one is homeless. Now, uh, for a 100 years, by the way, I've been here 32 years. This is my 32nd year. 31 years I've been employed, but I've been here 32 years. And I'm telling you, I've seen the face of the homeless change uh, from crack cocaine addicts. We still have addicts out there, but now we have 
uh, mainly a lot of mentally ill people that are under either taking medication or not taking their medication or falling through the cracks. And that includes our war veterans, includes young people, older people, people that were under care, people that lost the ability to be cared for. And those are sometimes the people you may see as you travel through the highways and byways of Broward or Miami-Dade County. You know, you see somebody at a stop sign or at a stoplight. They've got a cardboard box out there. They say, please, uh, homeless, please need uh, some food. Hungry, can you feed me? And then your eyes dart away because you don't want to look into the, look into their face and they're looking at you. And sometimes they'll come right up inside of you and intimidate you and look right through your window of your, of your car. And then you know what to do. Should I give them some food? Should I not give them some food? And you pass this person several times during the week and you say, Hey, if that person can beg every single day of the, of the week and, and make money there, I've seen him there. How, or, or I've seen her there. Why can't this person get a job? And you don't know the other side of the story many times. Yes, maybe these people are out there just trying to con us. But that's not all the homeless out there. Many times it's because of mental illness or because they don't want to go to work or they've had something so horrendous happen to their family they just can't face life anymore. It could be mental illness. It could be drug addiction. It could be a crossover of the two. We just don't know. But we still have are homeless with us in, in our nation and in the world. You know, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. And I've been doing this for many, many decades. Uh, the government has gotten behind so many different programs to help those that are struggling with rents and with lodging and keeping their apartments and their homes and then being coming homeless. And what do you do with that? What do you do with uh, people that are fleeing domestic violence, you know, women that are uh, fleeing domestic violence. So it's a big problem. There's a lot of moving parts to the solution. Uh, but just to say because a person is on the street and they're begging, uh, they can get a job. Sometimes that, that doesn't happen. And if you come to one of our centers, uh, and I've said this for many, many years, what really draws many people away from the streets or away from a, a broken home is that uh, they become, they can't take care of themselves, and especially for the homeless that you see on the street, they are now to the point where they're hungry, you know, and they, or they need a change of clothes, or they need some hygiene products, or they need to take a shower, and many times that's the reason they decide to visit one of our centers or to even come to one of our programs, and so we've said for decades, hope often begins with a meal. Now, this is February. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. I pray you have a good day. I hope you have a positive day. I hope you have an uplifting day. And we're going to have in our centers, going to have special activities for Valentine's. Many children and other people have sent in Valentine cards for our homeless men, women, and children. And we want to make them feel special during the day. We're also going to have a special feeding for our outside guests in our Miami centers. Uh, on tomorrow so this is all done with love and appreciation and a meal and we're going to let people know that not only the community loves them but god loves them and that there's a possibility of change and you can be part of that for two dollars and ten cents you can help provide a, a meal with heart let's say you go to our website at caringplace.org slash heart that's caringplace.org slash heart and for two dollars and ten cents you can provide one meal so for twenty one dollars that's ten meals i know there's probably people listening that can do a hundred meals or maybe even let me think even bigger do a thousand meals twenty one hundred dollars that would be wonderful you can go right now to the website at caringplace.org slash hearts now the whole month 
is our Valentine's month. So you can give all during the month. While you're at the website, there also there's a, uh, some drives that we're doing. We're doing a, a hygiene drive. It's called the Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. And this is where we do every year. We'll send out purple bags to you. You can fill up with hygiene products. We use them all during the year. So you go to your local store and get the BOGOs, get a, a toothbrush for yourself and maybe a toothbrush for somebody else and toothpaste and combs and razors and deodorant and so on. We use those items every single day. We have over 600 men, women, and children in our in our buildings. Uh, though that Those numbers are going to increase as we start dealing with the COVID being relent, coming down rather. You know, in other words, less and less COVID. We can put more and more people in the buildings. And so we use those items. And then we have our outreaches. Uh, we're having one coming up on Good Friday called Thanksgiving on Good Friday. Uh, we actually have a giant, giant outreach, and we'll give those bags away. And those are little things that people can use on the street. We don't want them to just take food and every day give them food. We want to say, listen, we, we care about you. We love you. Here's something to help you out. But there's even more if you want to come into one of our centers and come to one of our programs. And that's all we can do. And you know something? I have been here, like I said, so many years, and I've seen this work. They come in for a meal, then they get some hygiene products, and maybe they're just standoffish. They don't want to come in. They don't think they can do it. Whatever. They lack the self-esteem. They lack, they, they lack the ability, they think, to, to change your life. When they get in and they start seeing the caring staff and the volunteers and they start seeing others are doing well in the program, it's all at their own speed. They don't have to be in a classroom and they get an A, B, C, D, or F. They can go at their own speed, and we're going to surround them with as much help as we can. they got to work hard. You know, anyone, if you want to change your life, you know that. If you want to go on a diet, if you want to do something, get an exercise, get better shape, it takes discipline, it takes hard work. And all we can do is surround ourselves around with them and help them through those hard spots to help them become successful. Well, we've got a great program today. We've got a tremendous testimony. Lauren, uh, you want to hear her testimony, and that's what it's all about, about changed lives. And that's what this program is about, is about good news. So stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more good news on Mission Possible, the good news program. Leanne Navarro here, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center. So excited to have with us in the studio today, Anna Johnson. Anna, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. And Anna, when I met you, I'm like, oh my God, we have to do this radio interview. We met because of our wonderful group here at the mission. We have different groups that care for different things and different uh, you know, areas that we help with. And one of those amazing groups is the Girlfriends for Girlfriends, right? And we happened to be at a meeting together talked very briefly and I totally fell in love with your story. Anna is an insurance broker. She is a leader for a women's group. She is a member of our Girlfriends for Girlfriends. And you have a story that I'm sure our listeners would love to hear. Tell me a little bit about your story, Anna. Well, my story begins with, um, you know, having somewhat or kind of like a dysfunction in terms of my upbringing. I didn't grow up with my mother or my father until I was about 12 years old when I actually came to live with my father. And as a result, I always, you know, suffered from a sense of being rejected. Rejection was one of the things that was very, very um, strong in my life at the time. You know, a sense of not belonging. 
And I didn't really understand where that came from. Later on, I found out that it had to do with my mom also when she uh, got pregnant for me and the rejection that she received from my father and the family and, and others. And as a result, I grew up with this deep sense of belonging, feeling unwanted, feeling not loved. And because of that, um, I struggled through life with my self-esteem and my sense of who I was. Wow. And you have never been homeless, right? I know we, we haven't talked about that. But your story sounds so much like many, uh, some of the women that come to our centers. Mm -hmm. This is, on, you know, unfortunately, where they, where they experience no family support that unfortunately leads to violence, to mm -hmm. having to depend on someone else. Um, which is really sad, right? And, and the idea is to empower women and to tell women we have to be independent, we have to love ourselves, we have to make sure that we don't let anybody make us a victim, right? Exactly. Um, so your story, so what happened after? <laughs> well, happened after is that uh, um, when I turn about 19 or so is when I began to think in terms of getting married. And uh, my mom always used to say, well, find someone that you can get married to and start a life together. Uh, so I did. I uh, met this wonderful man. I used to work in Wall Street. At the time, I was working with uh, Citibank. I was in international banking. And this person that I met was a broker, uh, Drexel. And uh, so we met in the Wall Street area and we became good friends. And from being good friends, eventually we started dating. We dated, got engaged, and after we got engaged, we got married. Uh, initially, uh, we lived in Staten Island, and we lived there for um, about a year or so. But my, my, my uh, experience begins with a very strong sense from this person of jealousy. Wow. Jealousy are, you know, you can wear this, you can't wear that, uh, don't go here, even to the point where he didn't want me to go visit my own mother. Wow. So Con it was a sense of manipulation control. Yes. And manipulation and control, and it escalated. Escalated to the point where um, I was being uh, harassed. Uh, he will leave his office to come to meet with me or spy on me um, while I was at work. And then he will, you know, come in and say, oh, you know, I somebody saw you with this person. You were having lunch with this person or the other person. And I kept telling him, I said, this is all in your mind. What's going on? You know, I'm here. I'm married to you. I'm living with, living with you. So where does that come from? But it just became escalating even more so where there was a big scene by my mother's um, place. Uh, it was really horrible. I had, at that time, began to uh, try to go to church because a friend of mine uh, had invited me uh, to the Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, Church. So as a result, I would go there to just get away from all the, 
the hostility that I was sensing. The abuse. And the abuse that I was sensing, like the pushing and the shoving. Right. uh, And I was beginning to get really uh, concerned about the situation that I was dealing with. So, um, and I mentioned this to my mom, and I was have conversations with her. I said, Mom, you know, I'm sensing something really you know, you were not wrong comfortable. here. Right. I wasn't comfortable. So um, then my mom was saying, you know, well, you know, our, you know, just talk to him and maybe try to see if you can just, you know, follow and, uh, you know, follow what he's telling you and try not to create any issues that would create this kind of hostility. But um, this time, you know, when this happened and he brought me home, he literally like pushed me in the car to get in the car wow. so that he can take me back to Staten Island because at the time I didn't want to go back to stay with him. I wanted to be with my mother because I was feeling that I was not safe. I'm sure you were scared to pieces, I was scared. of course. So, uh, so this time he took me back to the house in Staten Island and I remember that in the morning I woke up and I was like, God, what is going on? But to my surprise, when I woke up, I'm fixing the bed. And when I'm fixing the bed, I lifted my pillow. And when I lifted my pillow, there was a knife under my pillow. Oh, my goodness. So when I picked up the pillow and I saw the knife, that's when I that's when something like in my mind said, you got to get out. Yes. You have to get out. Run. You got to run. Yes. You got to run. So I called my mom and I said, Mom, I, I found this knife under my pillow. Uh, and my mom said, well, don't stay there. You know. So I waited till he went to work. I packed some of my belongings and I left. You skate. You know, I escaped. <laughs> and I knew that I couldn't go to my mother's because I knew he would go and find me there. So I called a friend of mine and I said, you know, I'm dealing with this situation. And um, I need to find refuge. So I found this place and um, I stayed there. But at work, he was able to find me at work. Wow. So I had to get an order of protection from the police department in New York City because my life became a living hell. I can only imagine. But how wonderful that you were able to survive that situation, to move forward with your life, right? And now you're in Miami. You're not in New York anymore. (laughs) And uh, I'm inviting all of our listeners to support women that have been in situations like Anna, who have been actually abused by the people that they loved. Anna, I'm inspired by your story because you are a survivor. Thank you so much for sharing with us that today. Thank you. you for joining well, us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I believe that a lot of women need to hear uh, this story so that they will begin to see the signs. Yes, the signs and escape and run like Anna did. Thank you so much for joining well, us thank today. Thank you. Leon Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broadway Reach Center. And you have Patricia McFoy, Community Development Associate from Miami Rescue Mission and the Broad Outreach Center. Also known as the Caring Place. The Caring Place, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Patricia, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for tomorrow. What are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow, our annual Heart for the Homeless. And it actually fell on Valentine's Day. So yes. we're excited. We will be celebrating Valentine's with our residents and even our outside guests, our homeless community, where we will be providing 
food, gifts, and we'll be having speakers. Um, we're going to have entertainment. I mean, it's going to be amazing just to be able to show love um, during this Valentine's to those that may have um, not have family around or even friends or a significant other or, you know, that don't feel the love, but we will be showing that love um, tomorrow. So we're excited. Yeah, for, for us here at the Caribbean Place, it's all about showing love, right? Every single day of the year. But of course, you know, Valentine's Day, we all think of the, the red and pink hearts and celebrating mm-hmm. with our, like Patricia said, with our significant others. But the homeless people sometimes are hopeless. They, they, don't, they don't know what to do on this day. Sometimes they don't even notice that this is happening. So we want to make sure that we show that love. And of course, we're going to have a special meal, right? I mean, hope begins with a meal. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have that special meals. We're going to have showers available. We're going to have clean clothes available. We're going to have gifts for everybody that comes to the event. Uh, we usually do hygiene items. We do brand new t-shirts. We do socks. Um, and not, let's not forget the beautiful cards. Yes. That from our volunteers. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> and, and anybody um, can do this, right, Patricia? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're listening and you're thinking, how can I get involved? There's so many ways. There's so many ways that you can help. And we have a specific goal for the month of February that everyone can be a part of, right? We have a goal. We want to raise enough money for 10,000 meals. How much is each meal, Patricia? And each meal, Leanne, believe it or not, is... It's less than a cup of a coffee, right? Yes, yes. $2.10. $2.10. That's all it would cost you to provide a meal. So um, please consider helping. Um, we do have a few sponsors. We do um, thank a lot of people that do um, make it possible to have the heart for the homeless, but we are still in need of help. Our goal is to be able to um, have 10,000 meals, be able to provide 10,000 meals during this heart for the homeless season. Um, so please, please consider helping us. You can always do your donations online by visiting us at www.caringplace.org slash meals. Um, and even just on the website, you'll be able to check everything out, see pictures on our social media. You'll see what's happening. So whatever that you are sponsoring for um, our events, for the Heart for the Homeless, you'll be able to also see that. If you're unable to make it, to be here, you can actually see it for yourself on social media, what's happening here um, at our center. So please consider helping us um, join in with that campaign. And not not only social media, right? I love social media, of course, Mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, everything under Miami Rescue Mission right now. And not only that, like say that you have never come to our events, you have never volunteered, all you know is about the radio program. Can I tell you how ready all of us are to give you a tour of any one of our centers in Miami or Broward County. If you have never seen it, if you want to come and and see for yourself what we're doing, please give us a call. My, I, I said it at the beginning, I'm Leanne Navarro, Patricia McFoy here also. We are so ready to always give you a tour, right? So also, if you want to call after the event, after Monday, and you want to say, listen, I don't get your emails, but I want to, and I want you guys to send me the recap of what you did on Valentine's Day, we would be happy to do that for you. Patricia, thank you so much. What a wonderful time. Again, that website to make a donation is www.caringplace.org forward slash heart 
for Heart for the Homeless. Thank you so much. Well, today we get to interview one of our young ladies that uh, are resident here at the Miami Rescue Mission Center for Women and Children. I have Lauren with me, and I know a lot of times you hear us interview men, and you don't always hear the women as often, and maybe that because maybe they're a little shyer, but uh, today we have Lauren. We're so excited to have her on the program today. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Well, Lauren, um, usually when we do these interviews, we allow you to share with um, our audience uh, your life before the mission and uh, what really led up to you coming to the Center for Women and Children. Well, basically, uh, my life has just been a spiral downward, upward, all kinds of ways. Um, I came here originally from Orlando. I came because my fa- my mother and my father have um, unfortunately passed away. But when my mother passed away, it really hit me, and I just didn't do anything correctly after that. Um, whether it was the decisions that I made or the things that I did, it was just wrong. So it basically put me into a position where I had no help. I made, I burnt a lot of bridges, um, I lost everything from a home to cars to money to where I ended up pretty much out on the street with nothing. And I had, at the time, I had three girls Mm. with me and I was pregnant when I decided Mm. to come to Miami because I had no help. What's the point of being around so many people and not get anything? So that's basically what led me to Miami. So coming to Miami, um, I tried again, you know, just to rebuild and just to start something all over again, which to be honest, primarily is where I've gotten most of my success. Being away from everything that I've ever known and starting over is all that I ever needed. Um, I ended up out on the street in Miami. I tried to get into another program. They were telling me no. My son, unfortunately, was at um, Miami Children's Hospital. Mm Um, three weeks, almost a month, and he was only about a month and a week when I was out on the street again, outside now with four children, three girls and my son, um, still trying to get into programs, people telling me no everywhere I went until I got to Miami Rescue Mission. And at first it was, well, uh, kind of a no. <laughs> um, a lot of children. Uh, th- it was, full. yes, it, it was full. It was full. And that was really the main issue everywhere I went was there was no space for me because it was such a big family. Um, but I don't know what it was with whoever I spoke to that day that were like, you know what, we'll, we'll make something work for you and we'll let you stay. And that's how I pretty much got to Miami Rescue Mission. Wow, that's amazing. You know, the other day, um, there was an inquiry. I know I get a lot of those web inquiries, and I always send it over to the manager at the Center for Women and Children. And she had written me back the next day saying that, uh, well, we're going to take the family in. I already told them. I already have one family that's uh, kind of sleeping in the living area right now. There is no more rooms. Uh, but, you know, we can't leave you out there on the street. And uh, they said they're coming. So I know how crowded it gets over there. Now, you have the experience of actually being at the Center for Women and Children. Uh, tell us a little bit about what does it feel like uh, to be in a center like that with other women that are going through maybe similar situations? Well, to begin, it's definitely hard in the beginning. Um, you're coming into something that you have no experience with, you know, and everybody is coming pretty much from a damaged history, a damaged past. So when you get all these women together, there's a little bit of chaos in the beginning. 
but this program offers something that a lot of other programs don't and it has this Christian you know environment and background and I feel like that almost smooths it out for all of us because if it wasn't for that I think we wouldn't come together as we end up coming together. Well, we want to hear more about your story. So we're just going to take a break for just a moment. So please don't turn that dial because you're going to hear the rest of the story from Lauren. Well, you heard it just a few moments ago, Lauren talking about coming into the Center for Women and Children at the Miami Rescue Mission. And as she finally did come into the program, it was not easy. Uh, as you're living with other women and they're going through difficult times. So, Lauren, kind of pick up your story right there. Well, basically, my day-to-day would be I wake up with my team of kids <laughs> and start getting ready. Breakfast is pretty early in the morning, but there's a schedule there. And I feel like the schedule is important because it gets us ready for real life. You know, when you are out on your own, especially when you have multiple children you just need to be ready so I get up I get ready I get my kids ready we go to school and then from there who knows there's um different there's different devotionals every day um that are very important to attend um in the beginning I felt like oh it's not something I want to go to it was it wasn't something I was excited about but that's actually where I got to meet Miss Brummett and who definitely inspired me a lot through her devotional. And um, there's other activities that we get to do on a daily basis that I'm very grateful for as well. My children are, um, even though they have such a, they go against so much already. They're in a shelter. Um, they get sometimes labeled as the shelter kids. And that's just reality, unfortunately. But they receive so much that they have actually become happy to be the shelter kids they get to go to all the kinds of events and all these kinds of people come to speak with them and and whether it be reading a book or just handing out some cupcakes they they are truly so happy and so appreciative of all the things that people come to do just for them it makes them feel really special and um we also have that as well for the ladies we receive all these things from the volunteers as well sometimes it's just a word of encouragement but you never know what we're going through or any of us could be going through that day that that word meant so much for us well and i also happen to know and i'd like for you to kind of close with this you are going back to school right now uh, you're going to college and uh, you're actually doing your service assignment on my team which is wonderful the development team and uh, so let's close with what your goal is and, and how how did you get enrolled in school while you're at the uh, Center for Women and Children? Well, um, originally when I got to the mission, I like I said, I was just lost. So um, I needed to pick up somewhere. And being a mother of four children, um, I need to have a career. I need to have stability. And the main way that I feel like I could achieve that was by going back to school. So I'm currently enrolled at Miami-Dade College. Um, my degree will be a pre-Bachelor of Arts degree. Um, hopefully, what I'm trying to do is get into the fundraising management to go into the community development department, whether it be at Miami Rescue or anywhere else. I I love what they do, and I want to be a part of it somewhere else. 
Oh, that's pretty amazing. And uh, it's great that you get to do some of your service assignment with us and still get the college in and still be able to take care of your kids. I know it's hard for listeners to understand how in the world could a mother be out on the street with uh, four children and one of those a newborn. It, it that's It's just inconceivable. Uh, to even think that that can happen in the United States. And yet we know that there are hundreds of women and children and families who are out there on the streets, and we know that's not right. Uh, so thank you, uh, those who are listening, who support um, any organization that is helping uh, the homeless, the, the abused, the hungry, the hurting. And if you are helping the Miami Rescue Mission, we want to really say thank you. And if you'd like to help, uh, go to the website, MiamiRescueMission.org or BrowardOutreachCenter.org. Uh, Lauren will probably have you come on again and give a little bit more of your testimony because it is dynamic. And uh, as you are sitting here, we can see that you're going somewhere in your life with your children. So thank you for being brave and uh, sharing your story with us today, Lauren. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. Wow, what a great testimony from Lauren. You know, that's what it's all about. Everything that we're doing every single day, all the staff, all the volunteers, all the finances, all the resources. Uh, and I sometimes I wonder, do people that are experiencing homelessness know what the community does to share love and, and to, to send a message of hope to people? And yet when people come in and they stay and they get themselves uh, give themselves the opportunity to change. Change is possible, and it's so wonderful when you see it happen. You know, I've been here for 32 years. The mission, by the way, if you're just tuning into Mission Possible, we said earlier we're celebrating our 100 years of operations. That's 100 years of changing lives. I, I try to do some math. There are millions and millions and millions of meals through the years and thousands and thousands of men, women, and children have come through our doors and have, have, have at least gotten a place to stay for one night or two nights and at least gotten a meal, but maybe much more by entering one of our residential programs where they got their whole lives turned around. Or there's been people come through the doors that just needed a hand up. They stayed a few weeks, went out and got a job, got back into the, got a, another place to stay, and they were good to go. We cannot do all the things we do to help people like Lauren and so many others without the support of our community. And I'm telling you, I am deeply grateful. I am so thankful for those that have sent money in over the years, those that have come out and volunteered, those that have done a food drive or a toy drive or a hygiene drive. Uh, it is just, you can see the fruit of all that compassion and all that generosity when you see a changed life. You can make a difference. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And uh, we are going to have a special uh, Valentine celebrations in our centers in Broward and Miami. We even in our Miami centers are going to do something for outside guests, about 200 uh, people that are struggling to, to make life meet, ends meet rather. Uh, we're going to help them out. So we're going to give them packages. Uh, they're going to get cards. They're going to get beautiful candy and just singing and celebration. It's going to be a great time. And that's a way that we can tell our people that are in our programs your, your life might have been all upside down a few weeks ago or a few months ago, but you're in a good place. You made a right decision. People in the community care for you. God loves you. Uh, you're going to make it. The best is yet to come, and we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day. And maybe you haven't celebrated Valentine's Day in a long while, but we're going to tell one another. If you don't have a Valentine, we're going to tell one another that we love one another. And so you can help us. 
uh, through this Valentine, the whole month is hard for the homeless, is go to caringplace.org slash heart. That's caringplace.org slash heart. And that way you can make a donation of $2.10 will take care of one meal for one person. So for $21, you can provide 10 meals. And I'm going to believe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some faith that there's people out there that can do $210 or $2,100. And it's not the amount of money. It's uh, your ability to give. It's that you're, that you're making a difference in someone's life. So go to caringplace.org slash heart. That's caringplace.org slash heart. Make your best gift. Let those that are struggling right now, you know, you hear it on the news. People are still looking for jobs. Inflation is high. Uh, people are looking for places to stay. And when you don't have much or you have hardly anything at all, maybe you have nothing, it's quite an insurmountable mountain to climb when you're trying to come off the streets or maybe you're fleeing domestic violence and you've got two kids with you and you don't know, you know, what is up looking like and you've been put down for so long and you don't have a job skill or, or maybe you don't speak English too well and you're having a difficult time. All those different factors, uh, we can't cure them all, but we're going to help as many people as we can. And by the way, if we've been here for 100 years, that tells me we've got a good track record. I wish that uh, there'll be no homeless. Our vision is that no one is homeless. But we have homeless with us uh, for centuries. Even Jesus said in his word, the poor you have with you always. Uh, it just seems like there's always going to be a small percentage, no matter how well, how good we make it for people. There's always going to be some that fall into that homeless category. And it's called people experiencing homelessness. I'm not going to label them. They're just people that are having hard times. So God bless you. Remember, go to caringplace.org slash heart. Help us with our heart for the homeless month. And tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place www.caringplace.org